and welcome. It is August the 13th that we're recording this. Hope everything's going well for you all. Big week in the world of ag markets. So the big one was the August WASDE report, the first look at sort of yields in a data sense from the USDA. So a lot of data dumped. Brent, you want to talk about the corn and soybean numbers and how your forecast did? All right. <laughs> it's pretty interesting. I was pretty confident that the number would be bigger, but I looked at my score. I didn't score very well. You know, I think I was in the bottom third, you know, of the scores, but I had a 75% chance we'd be over it. So it was, it was like you wrote in the little article about how, you know, you can feel like you ran a good race, but everybody else kind of beat you to the finish line. And sometimes that's okay. And and that's kind of how I felt. I I felt like, uh, just looking back at my score, I was pretty confident in it. So I, I felt good about the forecast, even though I didn't necessarily score very well on it. And on soybeans, scored a little better on that one again, but same kind of deal. And I think the interesting thing uh, right now is, you know, the yields definitely got bigger for both corn, but particularly for beans. That's a big number for beans. And now today, uh, we're seeing, you know, the grain markets are didn't react, I guess, the way I would have expected had you told me the number ahead of time. And then today are even going up more. So not entirely sure what's going on. And I'm sure we could weave together a narrative that would explain it. But uh, I think, you know, we just got to look, you know, realistically at the data and what it's telling us about, you know, the ending stocks. They're probably going to be ample unless, you know, there's a real demand story or unless the yields really come down. And Given the weather on the corn side, I think it would be hard to take that corn production down too much, even with, you know, the big storm in Iowa and all that stuff. Two points I want to add. The 53.3, if you go back and read the yield trend articles that we've been putting, that's a big number. And so in about 30 plus years of data, 33, 34 years of data, that would be the third largest yield departure from trend. The signal they're tapping out there is really, it's the equivalent of like 190 bushel corn yields. So it's a big, big number. So yeah. we have to really think about that and how that number is going to play out moving forward. You know, Brett, you mentioned this beforehand, and it's a really good point. I've, it made me think. So my scores were not very good. I was somewhere around the 40th percentile, I think, for, for the two of them combined. So a lot of people had higher scores. And we wrote about this in the article. There are a lot of you out there that put your score between 90 and 95%. There's like a log jam at the top, the tippy top of the rankings. So a lot of you, you know, got your gold, silver, or bronze sticker for your job well done. But would I have changed my forecast? And I'm not sure I would have. You said you wouldn't. I, I was at 85%. And I don't know, like the goal is to have a good forecast and that sharpen your thinking. And now that you know the result, the USDA report, when you do your reflection, it's not good to come back and say, oh, I should have forecast 100%. Because we didn't know with 100% confidence before the report came out that it was going to fall that way. And so we really have to step back, I think, and really think about how we evaluate our forecasts. And I don't think I'd change my forecast. No one put 100% probability or a 0% probability. I think that's worth noting. Even the, the gutsiest of them out there that tried this go big or go home strategy didn't go all the way. You know, when we set that number, uh, we set it before the trade consensus came out, and we knew it was going to be above where USDA was. It would have been good. I think maybe if it would have been maybe a bushel an acre higher, it would have made it a little bit harder to forecast. But 
all in all, I think the results of it say, you know, we're going to have pretty ample corn crop. On the bean side, I think there's still some yield uncertainty left out there. The next article, and we just posted this this morning, you should take a look at it. And I want to talk about a couple highlights from it. I'll pull it up on my screen for those that are watching it on the video. In the midst of the, the, yield, the yield argument, right, sometimes the USDA drops data that just doesn't capture attention. So this story isn't capturing attention, and it certainly didn't capture attention back in spring. It's the 2020 prevented plant situation, and it's the missing puzzle piece for why the corn acreage came down from that 96 million estimate back in March down to 92, uh, or 97 to 92. I forget how exactly that was. And the soybeans didn't go up. We all remember that, right? And it was some good news for the balance sheets. But the new data coming out of FSA is that we had 9 million acres of prevent plant here in 2020. And when you look at that over time, it was a huge prevent plant number. The data that they have available is back to 2007. We have about five and a half million acres on average, but when you look at the data, average doesn't happen that often. About a third of the time, the observations say we'll have 7 million acres or more prevent plant. A third of the time, we have fewer than 3 million acres of prevent plant. And so the range is really big here. And when you just look at the corn number, more than 5 million acres of prevent plant corn. Now, I'll put an asterisk here saying sometimes this is crop insurance related, how we pick between corn and soybeans for filing prevent plant. This is the biggest prevent plant number we've had on corn going back through all the data through 2007. And so in the shadow of 2019, it's easy to miss how big the 2020 implications are. Going back to the spring, there wasn't a lot of, there was a little bit of chatter of, of prevent plant. And it was obvious in the spring, it was not going to be a 2019 scenario. But what was not obvious is that we were going to have something well above average, well above levels we saw in 2016, 2017, and 18. And one of the implications are something that we did that I haven't seen anybody else do anywhere else is we looked at how many acres of corn and soybeans total were actually planted. And then what would that have been if we had a normal planting scenario? And what we've seen is that that continues to tick higher in the last few years. Even though we planted 100 million acres combined back in 2017, that was with low preventive planting. And so if we take this year's actual planted acres and adjust them for normal conditions, we actually have a, a bigger crop here. And it's equivalent to about 178.5 million. And so this corn and soybean number, acreage number, continues to tick higher over time. Something yeah. to really keep in mind as you think about the next year and down the road. Right. Where I think that's really important for is next year. Don't get caught leaning the wrong way because just looking at that, this was the second highest corn and soybean prevent plant in history, only behind 19, which was off the charts big. You know, it kind of would suggest that uh, next year, if conditions are normal, might see a pretty good spike in corn and soybean acreage. But uh, I think wheat may be coming back a little bit, so maybe it might moderate some of that. But anyway, good article. The other one, David, that I wanted to uh, highlight was the uh, memo we wrote on what is science. I encourage you to read that. I enjoy reading it. I've been sharing it with a lot of my friends. It makes some some interesting points about what is science. And when you hear people say things like, well, I believe in science. Science-based really arguments. <laughs> right. Do they really understand what they're talking about? And you can't just say, well, science says. Science is, not, there are few, I guess, universal truths in this world of even science. So take a look at that. I think you'll find it interesting. All right. So a lot of articles up there. We're going to keep updating ideas and sharing content as we move forward. 
Don't forget to look at that policy article we put up, a lot of big mm. policy uncertainties, and we frame that up with respect to the forecast network and the issues that we see playing out. And uh, we'll be back here next week and send us any emails of questions or comments or feedback you have. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you.